chapter 4, Peter and John are called before the Sanhedrin, and uh, the scripture says, And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge, for we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. Well, good morning and welcome to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and it is a beautiful Friday morning in Texarkana. Uh, well, okay, my uh, wife Debbie is across the table from me. She's saying it's really uh, not. D- d- it's, you know, define beautiful. It's well, this is the day that the Lord has right. made. But it, I mean, uh, it's a little overcast. It's a little s- storm. A storm is on the horizon. Well, yeah, it's headed our way this afternoon. But but the Lord is on his throne, so we say it's a beautiful day, and, and we're excited uh, and rejoicing in it. But we want to talk today about contending for the faith. Uh, Debbie and Rochelle Schroeder, Dr. Chris Schroeder's wife, are teaching a, a class at our church for the ladies started uh, last Thursday, four-week class on the book of Jude. And Jude tells us to contend earnestly for the faith with which was once for all delivered to the saints. And so that's what we're commanded to do, and uh, to speak the truth in love and to be good soldiers of Christ Jesus. And if that means suffering hardship, then we suffer hardship. You know, one of the things we, we brought out in our very first week of study was this fact, that once you have accepted Christ as your Savior and you have had that exchange happen in your heart, you are a soldier. You are in the army. The question is, what kind of soldier are you going to be? Right. You're going to be a good soldier. You're going to be a bad soldier. Right. So, so every Christian is in the Lord's army, and uh, and the Lord has called us suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. A good soldier is going to uh, be faithful to the general and do what uh, his commander is telling him to do. And the Lord has told us to go and make disciples. He's told us to. Uh, to speak the truth in love. He's told us to uh, to preach the word, and uh, we do that until the Lord takes us home. Now, I ran across, and you may have heard this, this uh, news item, but it has to do with a professor in the UK, a college professor. His name is Aaron Edwards, Dr. Aaron Edwards. He was a, a theology lecturer at Cliff College in the United Kingdom, and he stirred up controversy with a tweet that is definitely uh, a, not a controversial tweet uh, from a biblical view. It's, it's like, yeah, that's a very basic uh, truth that he shared. But this is what he tweeted that created so much controversy that he ended up getting fired at a Christian college in the UK. He said this, homosexuality is invading the church. That is true. Homosexuality is invading the church. Evangelicals no longer see the severity of this because they're busy apologizing for their apparently barbaric homophobia, whether or not it's true. This is a gospel issue, by the way. If sin is no longer sin, we no longer need a savior. Okay, I read that and said, yes, 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 Uh, not anything out of the ordinary about that. That is biblical truth. It was a good tweet. Uh, The LBGTQ crowd came out of the woodwork, 
and they said he's hateful, he's homophobic. They put pressure on Cliff College. Cliff College said you need to take told uh, Dr. Edwards you need to take that tweet down. He said, "No, I'm not taking it down." And so what did they do? They they dismissed him. They fired him. And uh, they said that, uh, you know, he has brought uh, a firestorm on the university, and so we have to get rid of him. It's too, he's too controversial. Um, and he has a uh, husband and father of five lost his job, lost his job because he spoke the truth in love. Uh, it's not hateful, and it wasn't uh, homophobic. You know, if you disagree with homosexuality, that doesn't mean you're a homophobe. Uh, homosexuality is a sin. Adultery is a sin. Uh, bitterness, unforgiveness is a sin. I'm, I'm not a bitter phobe or an adultery phobe. You're some kind of phobe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's what that's what happens, and so we're, that's the world we are living in. And uh, here's what Cliff College said. Uh, the college claimed, quote, the language used is inappropriate and unacceptable and does not represent either the views or the ethos ethos of Cliff College. Well, Shame on them. Yeah. Uh, aren't you a Christian school? Don't you uphold the, the truth of the Bible? How in the world would you say that doesn't represent the views of our college, which is supposed to represent the views of Scripture? It's a Methodist uh, supposedly an evangelical Methodist college. Uh, I was just shocked at that. And um, God love the guy, uh, Aaron Edwards. I don't know him. I'd love to get him on the program one day, but for having courage. And uh, he said this, he wrote uh, a follow-up to this. He said, if I wasn't safe, no one is. He had been at that college for seven years, very uh, well-liked. Um, he and his wife entertained a lot of the students. They had a uh, place uh, leased for their family that was close to campus so students could come and they would eat and talk and, and uh, discipled a lot of kids, but uh, lost his job. If I wasn't safe, no one is safe. Well, we are um, in unprecedented times, uh, especially in America, uh, where what uh, what was once universally agreed upon, homosexuality is a sin, condemned in Scripture as sin, uh, not the unpardonable sin, but a sin that you have to turn from and receive Christ. Um, well, nowadays, people say, how dare you? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because as we were teaching yesterday, we brought out Second Timothy 3, 1 through 3, which is like reading today's headlines. <laughs> but it says this, but know this, hard times will come in the last days, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, but denying its power. And then the last part of that is, hey, avoid these people, avoid these people. And that's what we're seeing in our culture today. The, you know, that, that college, I think we could safely say, is not earnestly contending for the faith, <laughs> no. you know, um, they're, they're not adhering to that admonition that Jude had 
in in the early part of his book, verse three. I mean, he's like, hey, you know, this is this is coming your way. And you know, we we talked about yesterday the fact that within um, within Christendom, we are not going to agree on every single dot. In, in tittle, for lack of a better word, of of things. But there's a basic structure of scripture that you must adhere to and you must protect and you must guard. And Jude's admonition to the people in this day was not over some minor little thing. It was over a big thing. It was over the sovereignty of God. It was over... Um, people going their own way and going after their own lust and that these people had infiltrated in they were there these false teachers these apostates and so it it, that earnestly contend was just very convicting because um that contend is an athletic word anyway that talks about training and pushing your body to its absolute limit and how many of us today have fallen into the trap of not earnestly contending. You know, we look and we see, okay, yeah, this is wrong. I don't agree with this, but yet we don't speak out necessarily against it. And that's part of earnestly contending is standing up for the truth of God's word because, um, you know, the Old Testament and New New Testament believers, they guarded this word in this book. They died for it, you know, and, um, Thank, thank the Lord that they did, because we wouldn't even have it today had they not have done that. And so we we are charged with that same thing, to guard the word, to protect it, to stand up for it, to be a good soldier. And step one is we've got to know it ourselves. How can we stand up for it if we don't know it? But um, we've got to have the courage and the boldness to do that. Well, and if you think about uh, Aaron Edwards' t- tweet, so he says, homosexuality is invading the church. That is true. True. It's invading everything, uh, and the church is not immune to that, and it is coming into the church. And he, his second line, evangelicals no longer see the severity of this because they're busy apologizing for their apparently barbaric homophobia, whether or not it's true. Uh, you just, all the um, mainstream uh, mainstream churches, all the big Eva types, we use that word, big evangelicals, uh, people that have these big platforms, you know, and, and we need to apologize. And you have the Andy Stanleys and the J.D. Greers apologizing for the Christian community to the LBGTQ crowd because we've been harsh with you or, or whatever that they say we, we've done. And, uh, you know, we, we need to show you love. We haven't shown you love. And, and so they're, apolo- they're on the apology tour. And then... Um, so that is true, what he said there. And so uh, if you're constantly apologizing, Andy Stanley is just like, uh, you know, we, we you have much more faith than we do, and you love God more than we do, and we need to learn from you. And it's just so sick and twisted. Um, you can't imagine in the Old Testament somebody uh, telling the— uh, you know, the the worshipers of Molech, oh, we have so much in Judaism to learn from you about your devotion to your God. I mean, it's just, it's just upside down. And woe to those who call evil good and good evil, as Isaiah said. And then his last line is, he says, this is a gospel issue, by the way. Well, how is it a gospel issue? Because if sin is no longer sin, we no longer need a savior. 
you can be your own savior. Yeah, I mean, if you just, it's, that's exactly what it says in First John. If we say we have not sinned, uh, we are deceiving ourselves. And uh, if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his truth, his word, is not in us. And so that's where we are. You can never get right with God if you're going to call God a liar. You can never get right with God if you're saying, well, what I'm doing is not sin, and God, you're just going to receive me and accept me the way I am. This is the way I am. Somebody responded to uh, Aaron Edwards' tweet and I uh, was calling him out for being a hypocrite and said, uh, who are you all high and mighty? You know, you can worship God, but gay people can't worship God. Um, you know, you're a sinner just like uh, the rest of us. And I, I read that and I said, here's the difference. And this is what people fail to see. We, we are all sinners, all have sinned, Romans 3.23, and fall short of the glory of God. It, it, the difference is... One group is trying to justify their sin and say it's not sin. The other group is saying, hey, I'm struggling with sin, and I call it what God calls it. I call it sin. So I don't say I have no sin at 1 John 1.8. I don't say I have not sinned, 1 John 1.10. I say, I am, Lord, this is sin. I don't want this in my life. I turn from this. I turn to you. Uh, cleanse me. Uh, if we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, us with God, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The moment that you attach sin to your personhood, it is impossible for you to walk with God. It's impossible for you to get right with God because you are embracing sin and the Lord hates sin. Jesus died for sin. He came to deliver us from sin, not to uh, be with us in our sin. Well, and it, it just goes back to that whole victim mentality. Hey, this is just how I am. I can't help it. I don't have to take any personal responsibility, you know, because right. they, they assign their sin is is who they define themselves. Yeah, and if you don't how they define themselves. If you don't accept my sin, you don't accept me because my sin is is, is who I am. Right. And uh, the moment that you do that, that's why he says it's a gospel issue. The moment you do that, hey, you you divorce yourself from God. You can't have fellowship with God in any capacity if you're going to hold on to sin because the Lord hates sin. Well, you're listening to Real Truth for today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, joined by my wife today, Debbie, and we're talking about contending earnestly for the faith. We'll be right back. Here at the AFA Foundation, we help families just like yours shore up permanent income for their retirement years through our charitable gift annuities. AFA Foundation's Associate Director, Chelsea Wildman. We would love to work with you to see if a charitable gift annuity is right for your situation. With a charitable gift annuity, you'll be giving to the culture transforming work of the American Family Association, and you'll be ensuring that you receive a lifetime income and excellent tax benefits. You can fund a CGA through cash, credit card, or stock. Why not reach out to the AFA Foundation team today? A charitable gift annuity benefits you and helps ensure the AFA will impact America for generations to come. Call 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. Give us a call and let's talk about a charitable gift annuity.
Are you completely sold out to God? Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve with From His Heart Ministries. God knows if your heart is wholly devoted to Him or not. Now, wouldn't it be cool and exciting if you had a heart that's passionate, that's in love and on fire for Jesus Christ? Learn how to give Him your all and gain everything that really matters. Join Pastor Jeff Shreve on From His Heart, weeknights at 6 Central here on American Family Radio. In a post-Christian culture, people need to hear the good news more than ever. On the next Focus on the Family, Pastor John Burke encourages you to create opportunities to reach others for Christ by having a posture of invitation, a judgment-free, come-as-you-are approach to building relationships. Next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Focus on the Family is heard each weekday morning at 5 o'clock Central on American Family Radio. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I'm Corey, and this is my story. I was going through some financial troubles paying off my credit cards. I was paying high interest rates, and it just wasn't getting any better. And I knew I had to do something. So my mom told me about Trinity, and so I decided to call. Trinity was able to do something that I couldn't. I'm paying off my debt. I'm saving thousands, and things are really looking up. I promise you guys, you will not regret it when you call Trinity because it was such a relief and less stress in my life and it was the best thing I could have done for myself because once I called Trinity, they took care of me and I felt such a relief, a weight off my shoulders and they are a Christian-based company. I love it. (laughs) If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I'm Corey and I'm debt-free for keeps. 1-800-788-1813. In the epistle of Jude, Jude the half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said that uh, he was writing, he wanted to write uh, to encourage Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. That is our command from the Lord to contend earnestly as good soldiers of the cross of Jesus Christ. We contend for the faith, for the body of truth that God has given us in his word. We witness to that. We stand up for the truth. We speak the truth in love to a lost and dying world. And uh, as my wonderful engineer, Mark Oz, reminded me, Romans 12, what are we seeing with the issue of homosexuality uh, seeping into the church? He says it's just what Paul said in Romans 12. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We see the church conforming to the world. We're not supposed to do that. Well, and it's interesting, too, with Jude, because he he starts the letter out, like you just read, wanting to be encouraging. Like that's that was his initial goal in writing the letter right. was that he wanted to encourage. He wanted to to fire up the believers, you know, and encourage their hearts. And how much easier is it to encourage people than to call them out on something? Right, right, right. But because of necessity, it was it was necessary. It wasn't it wasn't uh, just some whim that he had. He was 
convicted by the Holy Spirit to completely do a 180. And instead of being encouraging, he was warning and giving admonition on, on what these folks were encountering, what was already there. Peter had warned, hey, it's coming. Hey, Jude's saying, it's not just coming, it's here. These right. apostates are here among us. And um, I, I read this quote yesterday as uh, we were going through Jude, and it's a scary truth, but the quote says this, the church is always one generation short of extinction. If our generation fails to guard the truth and entrust it to our kids, that will be the end. And that's why it is so significantly important that we contend earnestly for the faith, that we're not just phoning it in, Mm -hmm. but that we earnestly contend for the faith because this, this body of truth that was given to us by God has been entrusted to us and we can believe the truth or not believe the truth. That's completely our choice because God has given us free will, but that doesn't negate the truth. The truth of God's word is unchangeable. And um, I think that's what we see so much in culture today is that there, people are wanting to pick and choose what they believe. If, if God's word aligns with what I think, then, okay, I'll take that little bit. Right. But, you know, the Bible in multiple passages warns us, hey, you don't take away from this word and you don't add to this word. Mm-hmm. My word is complete. It was given once and for all to the saints. And, and it's it's unchangeable mm-hmm. whether you believe it or not. You know, you you can think two plus two equals five until the cows come home. But it doesn't negate the fact that two plus two equals four. Well, so it says in Romans three, let God be found true, though every man be found a liar. And uh, it's, it's kind of a rule of thumb. If you want to know what the truth is, look to see what the majority is saying, especially as in, in culture. Where is the culture going? What are, what are the masses saying? Oh, you can just count on it. That's wrong because uh, God always has a remnant and it's always the, the minority group like Noah He's in the minority, the gross minority, Noah and Mrs. Noah and Ham, Shem, Japheth and their wives. That's it. Eight people. And God drowned the whole human race and saved eight people. There was opportunity for the whole human race, but only eight came through because uh, uh, the truth was, hey, uh, God hates sin and God is going to judge sin. And this is your only salvation. The ark is a picture of the Lord Jesus. And, uh, you know, when you think about standing up for the truth and who, you know, it's like, hey, I don't care what culture says. I know what God says. And when God and culture, uh, you know, I mean, we can agree on certain things. The, The earth is round. Okay, we agree with that. That agrees with the Bible. But whenever it parts from that, you say, I'm going with God. And that's why I love Ken Ham and Answers in Genesis, because he says, hey, what does the Bible teach about creation? It teaches that God spoke it into existence in six 24-hour days. Well, that's not uh, considered intellectual. That's not considered uh, high and lofty and wise. So what? Uh, that's what God says that he did. And uh, and we we say, okay, God, I don't understand everything, but I believe you. I believe you. Because it is impossible for you to lie, and it's not just uh, uh, 
possible but very probable for man to lie. And uh, we see man lying all over the place. Sometimes we just don't know and we make statements. Other times we know this is a lie and we still make statements. You know, I was thinking about, Debbie, too, what... uh, what Aaron Edwards says, if I wasn't safe, no one is. If I lost my job at a Christian school for sharing a, a tweet that is just so uh, biblically clear that this is this is rooted in truth, but they couldn't stand uh, the backlash that they got. Um, if I'm not safe, no one is. I thought about the famous quote from Martin Neimuller, uh, who lived 1892 to 1984. He lived through the, the uh, horrors of Nazi Germany. And uh, he has this famous quote. First they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews. And I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. If this can happen to Aaron Edwards, no one is safe. If he wasn't safe at a Christian college, no one is safe. And uh, as I like to say and, and tell our church, coming to a theater near you. Hey, we live in Texarkana, Texas. We're kind of insulated from a lot of the things that we see in some of the bigger cities. But, I mean, we would be very uh, naive to think this is not coming. The the homosexual agenda, the transgenderism, all that uh, stuff is not coming to our community because it is. Right. You know, and I was I was uh, looking at a, a passage just while you were talking in Second Peter where he's to talking, I'm sorry, talking about the deception of the false teachers. And he says in verse 12, but these people, these false teachers, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct born to be caught and destroyed, slander what they do not understand. And in their destruction, they too will be destroyed. And I think so often we we look at our world and we think, well, you know, if God is just and righteous, why is he not judging? Why is he not judging? And the the end of it all is he is going to judge, right? right? I mean, um, I, I read this quote in my study, too, that says God will ultimately overthrow every wicked deed and every malicious intention of every evil doer. Mm-hmm. You know, God wins. He wins. Right. And um, we may not understand the delay in his judgment. We may not understand um, the things that that we may be going through. But just like you just said, there is always a remnant and God always has a remnant. And mm-hmm. so as his remnant in this current day and in this current culture, we have got to contend earnestly for the faith. It is not the time for us to to back down. Well, I think that people, you know, you you see what happened to Aaron Edwards and it's like, well, I don't want to lose my job, so I'll just be silent. And that's exactly what Martin Neimuller said. Hey, um, it's not going to stop because you're just, oh, I'm going to play ball with them. I'm not going to ruffle any feathers so they don't come after me. They will come after you. And it's until you uh, bow your knee to uh, to the evil uh, forces and uh, it culminates in the mark of the beast, as we see in the book of the Revelation, uh, you have to pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and get his mark. 
And people have, have asked the question, well, if, if during the tribulation, if I get the mark of the beast, can I be saved? No, because that is your uh, confession of faith and your pledge to the Antichrist. And the Bible makes it clear in Revelation uh, 14, I believe it is, that uh, you're going to drink of the wine of the wrath of God if you take that uh, mark of the beast, because that is your moment to stand up and say, hey, I don't, uh, I don't follow the Antichrist. So this is uh, what it says um, in Revelation 14, 9. If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives a mark on his forehead or upon his hand, he will also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. That is very, very clear. And so we have to determine, hey, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. And regardless of the cost, I'm going to be faithful to the Lord. And uh, as I have said from the pulpit, as I have said behind this microphone, hey, if you're going to stand up for Jesus in this wicked and perverse generation and not be ashamed of him, it's going to cost you friends because you need to speak up and social media is going to attack you for it. Your friends are going to bail out on you. Uh, you know, Facebook, I have 5,000 friends, which they're not really friends. I don't know a lot of them. But uh, 5,000 is the most you can have. And people say, well, I want to be your friend on Facebook, but I can't because you have too many. I said, just stick around. People quit me all the time because they don't like something I say. So you lose friends. You may lose your job as, as uh, Aaron Edwards did. You may lose your freedom. You may go to prison for speaking the truth as Martin Neimuller did. Uh, you may lose your life and uh, as, as uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer did for standing up for what was right. And so we have to be willing to say, okay, am I going to follow Christ all the way, uh, even if it costs me my life, uh, whether it's right in the sight of God to obey you or obey God, you be the judge, for we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. Well, and I think if we if we focus on all of those kind of outcomes, we can get very discouraged and very fearful and very uneasy and very uh, worried in our spirit. But we just like in Esther's day, we are the remnant that has been designated before the dawn of time to be the remnant in this particular culture for such a time as this. And um, it is not an accident that we are the people that are here at this time in this place in history. And if God can sustain and maintain throughout the course of history, he's going to do the same thing for us. And we can depend on that because God doesn't change. He's unchangeable. So his attributes are the same. And if he has sustained that remnant throughout history, he's going to be sustaining us as well. And he's going to be the one that's going to empower us if we are surrendered to him. He's going to give us the boldness and the courage that we need. We don't have to draw that out of ourselves. If we are, if I think that I have to be courageous in and of myself, I, I'm going to probably be cowering in a corner. Mm -hmm. But through the power of the Holy Spirit living in me, I can be bold and I can be courageous when I'm surrendered to him. And so I, I think um, 
if I know for me personally, I have to keep that ever present in the forefront of my mind because if I look around and I play things out and I think about, okay, hey, you know, there could come a day when my husband is going to be jailed for mm-hmm. what he's what he believes and what he speaks. I can get a neurotic, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, so I ha- I have to really keep my eyes on the Lord, and keep my focus on Him, and keep my focus on eternity, and that this is this is a passing. Our days on earth are, are quickly fleeting, and um, that God is going to preserve. He's going to protect. He's sovereign over all of it, and um, I can trust Him. I can depend upon him to do exactly what he's desiring to do, to move the puzzle pieces and to move the players in exactly the place he wants them to be, because ultimately he's in control of all of it. And that's where I find my peace. That's where I find my rest, not in what I can do, but in what he's doing. Well, and it's a constant reminder there's only one reason why, as believers, we're on this earth, and that's to be a witness for Christ. That's our job. Um, and when, you're, when your job is finished, then the Lord takes you home. But until that time, you want to be a faithful soldier, a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Here's the prayer to pray. It's from Acts chapter 4, when they were threatened not to speak anymore in the name of Jesus. And now, Lord, take note of their threats. This is Acts 4.29. And grant that your bondservants, your losses, your slaves may speak your word with all confidence, with all boldness, while you extend your hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy uh, child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak the word of God with boldness. The Lord wants to answer that prayer. He wants you and me to be bold Uh, as witnesses for Christ and speak the truth in love and not back down, knowing that there's a price to be paid for that. Jesus said, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. But we don't live to please the world. We live to please the Lord. I think, too, for me personally, a price to pay is I've got to live with myself, you know. And so if if I stay silent, I, I, I would just be too convicted. Right. You know, I would. I just wouldn't be able to lay my head down and, and sleep at night, <laughs> you know. Well, we're up against a break, but when we come back, we'll be taking your calls. The number to call is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. And we'd love to talk to you about contending earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. Talk to you about the situation with Dr. Aaron Edwards and how you and I can be the bold witnesses that he wants us to be. Listen, we all struggle. We have uh, sin which so easily entangles us, but we turn from that sin. We keep coming to the Lord. He is the God of all grace, and he knows our weaknesses, and he responds when we come in repentance and faith. Don't go away. When you hear this... This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. 
Forget about Facebook. The last 10 days we've been banned twice, and is unbanning a word? They put us under the ban. Christians and conservatives don't need your YouTube. Banned one day, banned again. AFR programs are now live streaming on the AFA streaming app. Now you can get shows like today's issues straight from the source. Put it back on the next. Just say unbanned. Unbanned. Just search AFA streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. My name is Rick Scarborough. This is Come Home America. It seems every day things get a little darker. The daily news documents our slide toward Gomorrah as a nation. What is the solution and where can we turn? Well, I think God has a good word for us in Psalms 33:18 through 20. The eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. The hope for our nation is for the church to turn back to God. Come home, America. I'm Rick Scarborough. Our website is recoveramerica.com. Here's Rob West of Faith and Finance, heard here daily on American Family Radio. I'd like to take a moment to ask you to consider investing in the ministry that you know as American Family Association. For over 40 years, American Family Association has been on the front lines in the battle for the future of our great nation. They continue to stand for the biblical principles America was founded upon. One way you can support AFA's efforts is through your estate planning. Why not explore the benefits of including AFA in your estate planning? You can shore up permanent income for your retirement years while supporting the culture-transforming work of the American Family Association. Contact Riley Wildman and the team at the AFA Foundation today. Call 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. Or visit afafoundation.net. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here along with my beautiful wife, Debbie. My beautiful wife of 37 years. We just celebrated last week 37 years. And uh, just marital bliss. Never, never a sad day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't be lying on this radio. (laughs) So we're going to open the phone lines as we've been talking about contending earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints, Jude. Uh, tells us to do that. And so uh, the phone number to call in is 888-589-8840. That's uh, 888-589-8840. We have John on the line from Virginia. John, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Uh, Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Great. And I know you've got your favorite co-host guest on with you today. And Congratulations on 37 years. That thank is you. awesome. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for taking on this topic of just uh, uh, you know being solid in our faith. One issue I wanted to um, uh, talk about is this same-sex attraction and uh, gender confusion all sort of are, uh, under this uh, identity 
crisis, I think, we're in as a culture. And, you know, finding our identity in, in Jesus is uh, really the solution. You won't hear that in the mainstream media or the, uh, you know, the groups that promote LGBTQ and all of that, but that people's lives are being transformed um, every day. If anybody's listening and struggling with any of those issues, uh, you know, it, it may sound uh, trite, but Jesus is the answer. Our identity in Him is so transformational. Uh, you know, never give up hope, and uh, our culture won't tell you that, but uh, uh, it's there. Amen. That's a good word, John. Yeah, so the Scripture says, If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. And uh, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, he's talking about the life-changing power of the gospel. He said, Or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, those who are having sex and they're not married, nor idolaters. Uh, you're worshiping idols. So the biggest idol in America is money. Nor adulterers, those who are married or having sex outside their marriage. Nor effeminate, nor homosexuals. Uh, we have both of those big time in uh, in our world today, and uh, people are embracing that. Nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers. A, a list of things shall inherit the kingdom of God, and such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of God. And it's exactly what you said, God, uh, John. When, when you give your heart and life to Christ and you really do turn from sin and turn to the Savior and trust Him and Him alone, He changes you from the inside out. Well, and at the core of the enemy's deception is that by disobeying God's Word, you're, you know, His Word is too constrictive. And it, the exact opposite is true because God's Word and being obedient to Him, that's what brings freedom. Right. That. And it's sin and living against God's standards. That's what brings bondage. That's the small box mm -hmm. is that. Right. And uh, and I think uh, the enemy has done a real job on so many people f making them believe the opposite of that, that that God's word is what's constrictive. And because of that, those those set boundaries in God's word, boy, you're just living in bondage. And it's the exact opposite opposite of that his word and being obedient to him selling out to him and being fully surrendered that's what truly brings freedom well you have the uh, the imagery in James chapter 1 about uh, a fishing uh, imagery about being tempted and uh, you know when a fisherman goes out he's got bait on his hook and the fish looks at that bait and he says oh that would be so good look at that worm wiggling there on the on the hook doesn't know that there's a hook there he just knows i want to get the worm when he gets the worm he enjoys the worm just for a brief moment like the passing pleasures of sin and then the hook is set and then he's hooked and cooked gutted and grilled and Ooh, then you like that? that i do that's um, good and then he says well where's my freedom the freedom's for the other fish that didn't go after the the hook the the bait on the hook He's still swimming in the in the lake and in the river and enjoying life. And the other one said, hey, I, I was deceived and I followed my lusts and, and now I am done. So 
Good word, John. I appreciate that, and thanks for listening to the program. We have our good friend Lee from Virginia on the line. Lee, welcome to the program, my friend. Yeah, yes, Pastor, right fast. Uh, I live in a little town in Appalachia Mountains, and we have a paper that's put out once a, a week. And this week they had a, a comment, I guess, from part of one of your sermons about God of the Second Changes, and it had your picture in at the bottom of it, and that's the first time I'd ever seen what you look like. <laughs> He's a handsome fellow, isn't he? <laughs> So, yeah, he is. So, uh, I mean, it's good. You're reaching people you don't even know you're reaching. Yeah, how cool. I don't know what you was talking about. Now, I've told you before, I love it when you and your wife are together. I just enjoy that so much. (laughs) Thank you. you The Bible tells us God does not change. And we see in Sodom and Gomorrah that he destroyed a whole city because of that sin. And Israel in the Old Testament... If you was caught practicing homosexuality, you was put to death. But in the New Testament, God tells us to pray for those people and and to love them, not love their sin, but to love them and tell them the truth. But on Judgment Day, when they stand before God at the great white throne, God will not change because, once again, they will be sentenced to death. So God is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. It was a sin then, it's a sin now. It cost you death then, it will ultimately cost you death in the future. That's exactly right. Good word, Lee. You always have uh, good things to say. So here, here's the, the, um, the attitude of a Christian. So I wrote an article that came out today, uh, our email encouragement. If you'd like to get that, doesn't cost anything. Go to fromhisheart.org and and just sign up for the email encouragement. I send one out every Friday. Uh, but I talked about uh, Philippians chapter three, and uh, this is what Paul says: Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk of whom I often told you and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. What is our attitude to be toward those who are so anti the gospel? Uh, they're not our enemies. They, they have aligned themselves as enemies of the cross, but they're not our enemies. We're, we're here to witness to them. We're here to, uh, to tell them of Jesus who's mighty to save. And uh, Paul, when he thought of those people, brought tears to his eyes. Uh, he wasn't being righteously indignant about them, although no doubt he had some of that, but it broke his heart because he loved them and he didn't want to see them go into uh, a Christless hell. And that's the attitude we need to have. Every person you meet uh, is one heartbeat without Christ. They're one heartbeat away from hell. And we need to have that just uh, etched on our hearts that uh, we need to tell this person the good news so that they can repent and believe. And uh, never should we feel um, good or vindicated or anything like that about about people's demise. We want to see people come to Christ. Jesus, uh, he, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So I appreciate that call, Lee. Well, we have Ed on the line from Mississippi. Ed, welcome to the program. Hey, Brother Jeff, Miss Debbie. I hope y'all are doing well today. Yes. Yes. Um, 
Good deal. I love the topic, and I love the approach that you guys are taking from it. Um, you talked about two groups earlier, um, how the homosexual group, um, well, my sin isn't sin, the second group that says that I am sinful. But I do believe there's also a third group. Um, first of all, I want to say I think that the topic that you're kind of directing it and the way you're directing it, you're directing it towards some of the supposedly key leaders in the church today, and I really do appreciate that. Um, but I also think there's a third group where your sin is worse than my sin, and we choose to pick and beat up on one group and not call sin for what it is. Jesus said there's no greater two commandments than to love the Lord your God and to love your fellow man as yourself. And it's, sometimes it appears to me that we're not loving the community the way that we should. I think about the movie that just came out, The Jesus Revolution. If Pastor Chuck would have walked away from that calling, would there ever have been a movie today called The Jesus Revolution? And that's kind of where I stand on this topic, and I would just yeah. like to hear more comments like that. And w what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's a good point, Ed. Um, and Debbie and I just watched The Jesus Revolution last week and loved it, thought it was really well done. Um, here, here's the thing that, um, so, so in my preaching, this is how I approach it. Uh, preaching is not like talking to uh, an individual just across the table. Preaching is talking to—I'm uh, not talking to anybody specifically. I'm talking to everybody, and so a lot of it is if the shoe fits, wear it, and it's speaking the truth in love. When I talk to somebody individually, it's uh, speaking in love the truth. And, and and love is the, you know, because I am talking to you specifically. So I, I think that uh, lots of times you can hear, I know like John MacArthur, he's very, uh, very truth oriented, but, but people see him just preaching. And so it's the truth in love. And he says, and, and I agree with him, what can be more loving than telling somebody the truth? You're not being loving to somebody if you're lying to them. And uh, we have lots of people that in the, in the, uh, twistedness of of love they're they're lying to people oh you're okay just as you are and so i think that we need to have a clear voice like a like a john the baptist that uh, you know uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and it speaks into culture um i think the the, the idea that you're apologizing for christianity and for its stand as as that kind of gives the you know the the feeling and the flavor that's what that's what Aaron Edwards said he said it's seeped into the church and now we keep apologizing on behalf of what Christians have not treated the LBGTQ community well uh, the big difference with that is that uh, you know I don't know of any Christian that's trying to say it's okay to be bitter it's okay to be mean. It's okay to be lustful. It's okay to be a thief. To be uh, an adulterer. Right. All those things. People struggle with that, but they're not trying to justify that. And so I think when you hit on a, a sin that people are trying to justify as that is not sin, then the church needs to really speak to that. Why? Because just as Aaron Edwards said, if you don't uh, recognize sin is sin, it's a gospel issue because then you can't repent and you, you're, 
you're getting cut off from grace and cut off for, from salvation because Jesus didn't come to call the righteous. He came to call sinners. And until we recognize, hey, we're, we're in sin and we need to, uh, to repent and believe, we'll never do it. So I hope that's helpful, Ed, and I appreciate your comments, and thank you for, uh, for calling into the program today. God bless you, my brother. We have Anthony on the line from Missouri. No, Maryland, I'm sorry. My eyesight's not so good. Anthony, welcome to the program. Good good morning. Um, and, and you had it right uh, the first time. I'm in Missouri. Oh, okay, and, Missouri. Uh, are you able to? Yes. Okay, so you are hearing me. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> this is challenging for me, so uh, forgive me. But um, I'm calling in because I'm concerned about what I think I heard you say earlier in terms of... Um, another pastor, J.D. Greer, um, and it sounded like to me that um, you were saying that the gentleman was uh, supporting the, uh, the gay community, let's say, and um, if that's true, that con- and how he's doing that does concern me, because if I had the gentleman's name right, J.D. Greer, he's a pastor, uh-huh. and he has a platform on a, another Christian radio station. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So, so he had, uh, in, if you go back, you can listen to his sermon that he did on Romans chapter one, uh, 18 through 32. And, uh, he's, he was just agonizing over how hard it was to preach that. And, um, he doesn't, he doesn't say homosexuality is right but he does apologize for the way that uh, the church has treated the homosexual community. So I was just going off of, and Andy Stanley goes way overboard on that, but it's based on what uh, Aaron Edwards tweeted that got him fired from his job at Cliff College in the UK, a Methodist college, uh, because he said we keep apologizing to the LBGT community about how the church is rather than standing up for truth and uh, speaking the truth in love. So that was my comment. But you can go back and listen, uh, Anthony, to that, uh, that sermon from Romans 1 from J.D. Greer. Well, thank you for being with us today at Real Truth for Today on American Family Radio. We look forward to being with you again on Monday. Hey, go out this weekend, shine for Christ, and share what great things the Lord has done for you, and He will use you. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.